Recording live from the Gronkowski Party Bus in Houston, Texas. It's the Seahawks Nest Podcast. That's Ooh. right, guys. Party with Gronk. That worked really well for the Giants. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, he's not even playing in the Super Bowl, so he just gets to party yeah. the whole weekend. It's his dream, really. Is he might get a Super Bowl ring, and he might just get to party all weekend. So he gets to party no all the time. Doubt. Party all the time. Party all the time. I'm... Correct, given. We're back again, and we had mostly uh, positive feedback about the way we formatted things last week. And and by that, I mean two people sent me emails and said it was fine. Yep. So, all right, let's. Did they shrug? Were they like Pro Bowl? It's fine. I shrug emoji. Vocal minority. Uh, I'm 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 assuming that you people like if you didn't like it, you need to get on it and send me an email because otherwise it's going (laughs) to stay the same. So, uh, let's start off with our. A review of what's happening with the Seahawks right now. So right now, there's a couple Seahawks-related items. Uh, let's start with the boring one, and then we'll do the good one. So the boring one, uh, the Seahawks played in the Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl and they played pretty good. Yep. Uh, do you show the stats right now? Yeah, go ahead and tell me. Uh, I, I looked at it up, but go ahead and tell me. Tell the, the viewer. Right, our man, Dougie B, uh, had three catches for 67 yards and a touchdown, one of which was a lull you to sweep 47 from uh, Drew Brees. Just a nice little pass play. Yeah, uh, Jimmy I, Graham. Oh. I was going to say that 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 drive that scored that t- Doug Baldwin touchdown was set up by a Richard Sherman interception. That it was. Yeah, yeah. so it's pretty awesome. I uh, guess that knee injury really holding him back. I yeah. think we should lose a second round draft pick. You know, for it. did the uh, <laughs> did the Pro Bowl report his injury? Because <laughs> if not, I think the NFL owes everyone a draft pick. Who's the Ooh. coach of the Pro Bowl? I think they should they should lose a draft pick. Whoever the coach of that, team. not John Fox. Please not John Madden. Um, Jimmy Graham caught five for twenty nine, which is a, a solid tight end production. Because best game of the year. I'm just kidding. Um, Michael Bennett and Cliff Averill combined for three sacks and a fumble recovery. All right, and yeah. I, I was going to say they the our pass rush guys looked great in this game. Like they were yes. after the quarterback, and the NFC pass rush in general was really good. Yeah, agreed. And then Bobby and KJ did what they do and had four tackles each. Yeah, it's pretty great. I mean, the the Seahawks, we deserve to have seven Pro Bowlers. There's an NFL.com article that came out this week that said our our championship window should be open for at least three more years, and I tend to agree. I think that's exactly right. Um, so, I mean, that's that's a minimum. I think that we have every, every good player on our team is under contract for three years except for Jimmy Graham. It's like Wilson's under contract for three more years, Thomas's under contract for three more years, Bennett's under contract for three more years, Baldwin's under contract for three more years. Like, everyone is coming back, and we have $34 million in cap room next year. Yeah, the so, truest nucleus of this team is under contract for at least three more years. Yeah, and I, I think there's one player on our defense that's more expendable than others. Maybe we can go deeper on this in the offseason, but Cam Chancellor's like the one guy who doesn't have long-term locked up, and I, I think that he's more expendable than most people think. I'd love to go deep on this later, especially as you start talking about possible people to take that spot. Right. I like they think safety is deep, deep in the draft. But let's talk about the fun. Speaking of the draft, let's talk about the fun part of the draft. The Seahawks are going to get two compensatory picks from losing like a million guys last year. Can uh, I explain what I'm unhappy about with that? Okay. I'll, I'm going to get there because I think I'm going to tell you. We are going to get a third and a fifth, but be, we, we didn't get any. We didn't. We get third round for Bruce Irvin and the fifth rounder for J.R. Sweezy, which actually seems fair. We uh we don't get a pick for Russell Okung because we signed Jamarcus Webb. Wow. <laughs> or Brandon Meebane. We didn't we get one for Meebane because because we signed Bradley Sal. That's awful. That's terrible. <laughs> now bumming me out. I will say, uh, so it was a six round pick for Sal, which I don't feel too bad about because if a six round pick was playing, I'd expect them to play about as well as Sal did. 
take that for what you will. <laughs> right? I, what I don't get but about the one I don't get is Webb because we could have cut him and we basically didn't play him. So we basically I mean, coughed up a six round pick that would have been. Uh, we coughed up a six round pick in exchange for Jamarcus Webb prob- to sit on the bench. The problem with Okung and Mabane is like. Okay, Mabane, his first year's contract's four and a half million. He didn't play particularly well, and I and he got a sixth round compensatory grade. Okung's contract is so badly structured that his APY in year one was four million, and that's why he was only worth a sixth round compensatory grade. Yep. So basically, Sal and Webb just had to register to cancel those out. Yep. It wasn't like, and that's, I mean, it's really just Okung being kind of a, uh turd i guess being a bad agent for himself i don't know another way to put it i was gonna say uh okun the agent is like chip kelly the gm <laughs> i mean we we've talked about it i don't know if russell Okun's coming back next year it'd be nice it'd be fun to play with but you know play with that idea but again we'll have to wait for free agency I for mean, that he is one of the uh, people that will probably be a free agent tackle so oh, by the way for all you people that are on volmer get off volmer that is not a good signing. Sebastian Vollmer, uh, like expensive and old. I like I like where we're heading here. Not, yeah. There, there's a there's decent tackles in free agency. I would rather try like do a reclamation project on one of like the uh, downtrodden defense uh, left tackles. Like, I'd rather do the guy out of Cincy. Yeah, or yeah, Cincinnati. If I'm taking an old guy, I'll take a was it Whitworth? Yeah, the old guy that's actually good. Yes. I just don't want a project in the way of George Fant, like the young guy who's never played offensive line. No, no, no. I, I don't want a, that at all. It's going to be more like a project who's at least going to be functional. Yeah, I, I think like the the pro, like if the project is Greg Robinson or Luke Jokel, like someone like that, I'm okay with it. I can deal with it because they had raw talent at some point to get drafted in the top five. You know, like they they both had the raw. Uh, football ability is Jokel in terms Jaguar? of athleticism or yes. uh, footwork. So Cable just has to clean up a little bit. Uh, coming soon for patrons, by the way, I've been looking for plays where Seahawks miss uh, blocking assignments, which isn't very hard. You just watch the Seahawks offense play yeah, for I was like about 10 to say, plays. That's called game footage. Uh, so, And I'm just going to show that they made no progression throughout the whole season in terms of finding uh, good good blocking. Like they just, it just nothing, There was no improvement in that regard. So yeah. That's uh, look forward to that video. <laughs> That'll be a good video, but a sad video at the same time. It'll it'll just start off with a "Hello darkness, my old friend." <laughs> it's a, uh, so let's uh, that's uh, that's what I have. That's what I have written down going on for the Seahawks. Kevin, did you want to throw anything else in there? Uh, no, I was going to talk about those compensatory picks, and uh, you know, there's speculation over whether or not there'll be a lost pick over Sherman, but we can't really worry about that right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I don't think there will end up being. He played in the Pro Bowl, which is pretty much like a straight up way to avoid that happening like i think that that was the i don't think he wanted to play in the pro bowl to be honest i bet you he didn't but he did it because he wanted to be like look i'm not hurt at all really come on i played in the i played in the exhibition game exactly it was it was him kind of taking one for the team even if he's going to get some kind of knee scope in the offseason it wasn't that bad Uh, yeah and by the way for those of you who might think something about that just so you know um like going in and cleaning up a knee or a shoulder that is just a fact of life like little bone chips bone spurs things like that happen all the time for football players as much as it's a discomfort for you as a normal person it is really a super common thing in the off season right arthroscopic knee surgery is it's these guys push their bodies to the absolute limit so it's a it's you know yeah, that is what it is. When when will we find out about losing the pick possibility? It would have to be uh, so the compensatory picks we talked about are 
Um, Over the Cap does a great job, and those are the ones they're projecting. Um, by the time we find out actual compensatory picks, they also have to have told us if we're vacating anything. Okay. So it, sometime in March at the latest. Right around the corner. All right, and so now we're gonna we're gonna move on then. We're gonna move on to stuff about the Super Bowl, the NFL news, and I think all NFL news has kind of been dominated by the Super Bowl. And in the annual Seahawks Nest tradition, we're gonna talk about some prop bets. And uh, we're gonna start with my favorite one, the one I have nailed year after year, the <laughs> one that I am on fire for. I think this is like four years in a row I've gotten this one right. Uh, Luke Bryan, country singer, has has been handed the duties of singing the Star Spangled Banner. Uh, they set the over under at 120.5 and people pounded the over to the point that it is minus 200 and under is plus 155. <laughs> and the reason is, is that if you do any cursory research on this, he hardly ever sings it shorter than like two minutes and three seconds. He, uh, he sang at the MLB All-Star Game in 2012 in 203.46. He sang it at 228.88 in U.S. Bank, Minnesota, Stadium in Minnesota. And then, uh, in a concert, he sang it at 155. But you got to think at the Super Bowl, he's going to milk it for a little extra time. There's no way he's going under two minutes, at 0.5 seconds. So I I think that over is deservedly a huge favorite here. I think if he's not, then we found out what side he bet on. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> uh, so last year, Lady Gaga. NBA saying, ref action. By the way, that. last year Lady Gaga went over. Uh, but the year before that, Idina Menzel went over. I picked over for both of those. Uh, speaking of Lady Gaga. Uh, there's a uh, there's lots of weird bets you can bet on with Lady Gaga. Uh, suffering a wardrobe malfunction, yes, is plus five hundred. Uh, I don't think that's there's any chance that happens, so you can bet the no on that one. Yeah, definitely think that's a safe no bet. Uh, here we go. We got what lady? What artist will Lady Gaga cover? So, do you guys got any ideas for that? Madonna. So uh, the favorite is David Bowie plus two hundred. Okay, David Bowie's really good. Uh, Prince, Prince is really good. Prince plus two fifty, which is what Kevin just said. That's a good one. Also, uh, which song will she sing first? Uh, it opened with her the song. There's a song she sang first on tour, um, "Million Reasons." It's plus one sixty-five. Wait, wait, reasons like the hard candy? Sure. No, no reasons. Oh, okay. Uh, but the thing that happened was that bad ro- <laughs> bad romance went from plus eight hundred to minus one fifteen, which seems like there's some inside information here, <laughs> to me at least. So either they're trying to make you think there's inside information, or someone knew and put down like twenty thousand dollars on bad romance. That's interesting. So, uh, that's that's one to think about. Uh, I I like the idea of that. Uh, Trump Trump related bets. You can bet on a lot of Trump. How many times will we tweet it during the game? Over or under five? I say under five. Okay, under is plus two one twenty. Over is minus one fifty. So you get you get actually get a little juice if you bet under. I think I would bet the under. Okay, well, they you know at the Super Bowl they always talk to them before the game. You can bet on what who Trump's gonna pick. Okay, Patriots are one to ten because he's like friends with. Yeah, I was about to he's say friends with the coach. It's going to be the Patriots. So. Uh, but so I think there's good money here on saying that he picks neither team. He can goes like with a like a political non-answer. Well, you can get that at like I don't know. Maybe he's probably gonna pick his friend's team. It's it's friggin' Trump. Okay, uh, you can bet on what field where the you know, person, and also you can bet if Tom Brady will wear a Make America Great Again hat. Ugh. <laughs> you you get plus twenty five thousand. Wow. So uh, yeah, that's not going to happen. I guarantee it. That is way too damaging to his brand. Uh, okay. Not to mention, he usually comes in pretty crisp. Okay. You can bet on things that'll happen during the broadcast. So here we go. You can bet on if James Harden will appear in a commercial. But that that's sort of interesting because he's in Taco Bell commercials, you know. But the more interesting one, 
Peyton Manning, will he star in over or under one and a half commercials? <laughs> oh, over. Over. So that he, he shows for it's two things. Papa, Papa John's and Nationwide. Yeah, there's no chance Papa John's and Nationwide. So if, if they both bought that's an minimum, ad spot, minimum. He's, he's, that's two. But what if Papa John's didn't buy an ad spot? Papa John's did. That guy's ego is way too big. Absolutely. But what about, okay, Papa John's. So that you're saying they, they definitely did. But have you seen their new commercials? They're like, Papa John's, we're a pizza family. You have you seen those? Yes. Yeah, they're really bad. Uh, yeah, I don't care. But they don't have Peyton Manning in them. Is is the point? I I think you're gonna have a nationwide stupid singing commercial or or five. Um, oh, that's true. He might be on more than once. For here's the thing. I think he's gonna show up somewhere else. I like Under in this one. Under's the favorite, and I really like Under for Peyton Manning commercials. I would bet that he's gonna be in zero if they would let me. Like I I would go under point five. Okay. Uh, I don't like that bet. Buck and Aikman mentioning things here we go okay <laughs> first of all will they mention lacrosse now here's the best part okay that that you, you don't even get good odds on this because lacrosse being mentioned on the broadcast it's the chris hogan thing uh they meant it's it's chris hogan's did you know that uh russell wilson played baseball uh so yeah so, so, it's uh, going to be mentioned is but it, but is it over under on how many joe bug knows about it now he went on a podcast this week and they talked to him about it how they brings it up every time and he laughed and thought it was really funny because i you know what? This Joe Buck podcast tour it makes me not hate Joe Buck at all. Which makes me not want to listen to his <laughs> podcast all, tour because I want to keep They've all up. been great. He's like been, he's a really good podcast uh, I, interviewer. I want Joe Buck on this podcast now, to be honest with you. So I can punch him in the face? No. So you can like learn to love no, him? No. No. Never. Troy Aikman, though. No. No. Absolutely not. Troy Aikman, no. I would I never. I almost dislike Buck more than Aikman. No. 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 Is it no. just his, his bleached that, hair? I no. want to keep that hatred. Okay, anyway, things I'll mention. Okay, the lacrosse thing. They're definitely mentioning it. So no, no matter what odds you get right now, it's like minus 300. I it's think just cash. Just, just cash it. Just book it. Book it holler. Put it in your parlays. You know, just throw it in there. Okay, yeah, that's here we go. Good, that's a good throw for a parlay. Here we go. Other weird things, okay? Will they mention Michael Vick? Yes. That's Ugh. plus 200. They're so. going to mention it because they're going to mention it in reference to why... Uh, Matt Ryan was part of a rebuild. So long, long odds on Vic. They have to mention it during the game on these broadcast bets too. During the course of the game, actually, it has to be a not in the twelve hours of buildup before the game starts. What about it after the game? Whistle to whistle. So uh, it has to be so like halftime and stuff doesn't count. Uh, it has to be eight. No, it's buck. opening whistle to end whistle. So halftime would count, but uh, generally the halftime is eaten up by the halftime show and then like talking heads talking about what happened in the first half. So. Generally, they don't ever talk about these. Does like, it count? Interesting. Wait, what if Michael Vick is there and they put him on camera? That would be a mention. That would yeah. count. Okay, then I think I think he is. I okay. think that's happening. Aaron Hernandez. Will they Ooh, mention? No. Slam dunk. No. And the odds are the thing is the odds for them mentioning Aaron Hernandez are better than mentioning Vick, which makes no sense to me. That's weird. They're not going to mention that he's a murderer. Okay, Deflate Gate is mentioned over and under two and a half. Even money, Ooh. by the way, on both sides. I ain't clear under for me. I'm saying under as well. I would say under two. I think I have two feels right. They want to leave that alone. Will they mention the the point spread? Wait, whistle Atlanta to whistle. plus three. Whistle to whistle? Because if they win, they'll mention Deflategate again at the win. It's whist- it, these, That's why these bets always work. It's okay. always. So then I'm going, yeah. It's I, always I, whistle I go to whistle. Under, I go under. Uh, so uh, will they mention the point spread? No. This is a weird one. Yes is even all. money and no is minus 130. No, because the it's NFL NFL it. they don't like gambling. Yeah. Okay. Will they show Giselle over and under one and a half times? That's like basically even money. I'll take over. I go under on that. 
just because I, I think you'll see her once. I think the Patriots have a good enough pass rush, and they like doing that dick thing where they get her, uh, the quarterback's wife reaction to him getting planted, which okay. is horrible, but they'll do it. So here we go. Here's a weird one. Uh, the colors of uh, Gatorade bath, okay? Here we go. So <laughs> Every year so, I love this. So here we go. If you're keeping score in the last, like, uh, 15 years, water seven times, clear seven times. Orange five, yellow two, blue one, and three people did not get a Gatorade bath. Okay, here we go. So water clear is plus 220. Blue is plus 300. Yellow is plus 350. Red is plus 350, which there's, in the last 15 years, there's never been red. That's because that's really shitty to do to somebody. Orange is plus 450. (laughs) But, like, that's really mean. Green, plus 1250. And this is the one I like. This is a sleeper. No bath, plus 2500. And this is why I think it's a sleeper. Are the no baths Belichick? Yes. I think that there's a chance Belichick does not get a Gatorade bath at the end of the game for Super Bowl number five. Why? I just think that this is like the most serious pa- Patriots team and it has the least amount of like goofballs on it for any yeah, Patriots Brock's team in a there. very long time. You still have like Garrett Blunt? Yeah, but I just, I just get the feeling like there's a, the wrong kind of goofball. That kind of odds, 25 to one, is pretty good to get on something just like, oh, they're not going to they're not going to dump water on Belichick after the game. Otherwise, looking at the two coaches, it's going to be water slash clear. Yeah, water clear is like the the slam dunk for me too. Uh, but it, so I say, and you, the odds are so good on no that you could put money on both. I was going to say, yeah, I think like if I was in Vegas right now, I might put like a hundred on nothing and a hundred on clear, and just that, let that one ride out. That's a fun one because you you have you have a dog no matter what. Right, like you, you're, it's gonna it, it's gonna happen, and as soon as that water hits, you're gonna have, you're gonna feel something. It's a very exciting <laughs> bet. Um, so what's the largest bet placed by Floyd Mayweather on the Super Bowl? You can actually bet on that. No, oh my God, his career. Uh, oh. so he he's uh actually at the the favorite is over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, that sounds about right. Which is kind of awesome. Uh, will Tom Brady announces its retirement directly after the Super Bowl? Yes, plus two fifty. No, no. Okay. Uh, he's already. We, said we could that, only be so lucky. He's already said with his bo- if his body will hold out, he wants at least another like three or four years, and I don't see if uh, he sustains an injury that would do that, he won't be in good enough shape to announce it after the game. Streaker, streaker enters the game. They they cap this at ten to one so that no one can make too much money off of it by like you know paying someone to streak on the field. No. I don't. I don't see it. No they, way. They cap the amount you can bet on it too. So it's like it's like a very like. You can't make money out. You gotta have someone who legitimately is just streaking for the the love of it. I don't even understand. I can't. I'm going with no. I did it for the love of the game. I'm going. All with right, no. let's get. I I did this wrong in the opposite order you wanted, Kevin. But I I got. Here's the regular bets. Okay, so we got over under, fifty seven and a half. I say under. Um, over. Over. That's the highest over under, by the way, in NFL. Uh, in Super Bowl history. Yep. Uh, it's 57 and a half. It's a huge number. Uh, I, w- I will be picking the under, but it's good. Uh, okay. Super Bowl MVP. Uh, Brady's three to two. Ryan's seven to four. Julio Jones is 11 to two. And you can get everyone else for 10 to one. I take the field. Yeah, I take the field because I think the Patriots are. I, I, you know, I like Brady win. three to two. I think that's a solid bet. If you think the Patriots are going to win, I think betting Brady at three to two is probably just as good is better value than betting the actual uh thing because the other patriots that can win it it's going to be like blunt rushing a bunch of one yard touchdowns or like Deion lewis having another amazing three three touchdown or game. a fluke defensive day 
Yeah. So and there's no, there's just not going to be a defensive battle. These are historically good offenses, uh, especially the Falcons one. Uh, odds to win Super Bowl LI. Uh, Falcons slight underdogs ten to nine. Uh, Patriots nine to ten. I think this is the time we have to get out there and make a pick. <coughs> All right. All right. So, so here we who go. Who are your picks, gentlemen? Who's going first? I'll go first. I think if ever there was a trap game for the New England Patriots, this would be the game. It's not exciting to pick the Patriots because it's Brady, it's Belichick. They're, it's a safe pick. Having said that, Patriots win by four. Oh, I, I missed two bets that I wanted to talk about. One, you can get exactly even money on heads or tails. Like, it's an even money bet. You don't even have to take Vig. Okay. Which is nuts. Be. And then two, uh, odds that the team wins the coin toss either defers or receives. Receives is two to one. I love receives. Because if Atlanta wins the coin toss, I can totally imagine them taking the ball and taking the initiative, trying to score immediately. They're going to take the ball and they're going to score. Yeah, well, everyone tries to do this. Uh, Belichick started it. Score at the end of the second second quarter, get the ball back. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Kevin, who do you like in this one? I want Atlanta to win because I think this is their window, probably. I think they lose a running back in the offseason. I think that this is uh, Matt Ryan's best year. I think that they'll be a good team, but I don't know if they'll be a Super Bowl team after this. I think it would be really cool to see them win. These playoffs have sucked. Terrible, terrible games. Just lots of blowouts. But, you know, I'm going to go, I really don't know. I think I'm going to go with Atlanta. I think New England's probably the better team and the, but definitely the better coach team. But I think if they could stay healthy, Atlanta's just very, very good. All right. Well, for me, uh, New England got better every week on defense from week six on. I think that this year, more than any other year, uh, New England really bought into that do your job mantra. That's why they got rid of Jamie Collins and his like freestyling ways, even though he's a probably better talent, more talented football player than almost anyone else on their defense that's not named Devin McCourty. So the they decided just to go with Adam or Kyle Van Noy. Kyle Van Noy. They yeah. like just a bunch of guys that, you know, maybe or household names, but they, that's the direction they wanted to go. Uh, the offense is almost as good as Atlanta's. Uh, special teams are basically even. So for me, the difference between the two teams is that New England has a passably above average defense and maybe we'll get one extra stop uh, comparatively. Also, I just think that there, it's really hard to outcoach Belichick and he is going to take things away from you. And it's going to be up to Kyle Shanahan to out-scheme Belichick. And he's up to the challenge. He's this he's been thinking about coaching football since he was like 10 years old, right? Like yeah. he's, there's no one in the league that, that has a shot at his age of doing that. But I, I just think that Belichick is, it's, it just feels like new England is going to win to me. That's, I uh, feel like smart money's on new England. I just uh, had to go with my heart there. That, and I, I am, I think it's going to be a great football game. I would not be surprised if either team won. I'm going to root for Atlanta because I want Dan Quinn to win the Super Bowl. but I like new England to win this one. 31, 24. So that oh, is, I got to give a score. Um, kind of. I said you by picked four. over Kevin, so you better put some. You better say some numbers right here. Thirty-five, thirty. There you go. That's sixty-five. There you go. Way to get there. All right. So that's that's our Super Bowl picks, and uh, now we talk. Now I talk to you guys about uh, how to support us. You could support us by by uh, giving us your money on Patreon. 
Uh, Patreon.com is the best way to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. Uh, so we have now eight patrons. Did we get a new one? Nope. Eight patrons making us $19 a month. And, uh, we really appreciate it. We, it helps, it pays for our hosting now. It pays for our, uh, swag that we send out to people, the stickers and all that stuff. Uh, so just, yeah. Um, thank you for your support to all our patrons. And, uh, we will, ke- we're going to keep on keeping on. Uh, I will say, uh, sometimes it became kind of a grind. And, uh, I appreciate the Patreon because it lets me know that, there are people that like what we're doing enough to make it so we don't have to pay a bunch of money out of pocket to do it anymore. Yeah, when we all get off of our jobs and have to come after work to go record a podcast, you know, there's days where it just doesn't really, you know, it's not exactly what we want to be doing. As much as we love the Seahawks and everything, it's just life gets busy. But knowing there's people out there that listen every week really makes it something yeah, re- that we're ready to do. Recording two a week is uh, is rough. Uh, I'm, and I'm excited. Next year I should be able to get... A uh, an eight eight channel mixer so that our sound quality will go up too with the money from the Patreon. So I'm really also excited. I yes. shouldn't I shouldn't have a cold every week so the sound quality will also go up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, that's that. That's I'm like uh, Richard that's Sherman this season. Uh, I nicked a I nicked a tonsil in week eight. And I've been living along since. I've been. Uh, I've had a. Yeah, we I'm, haven't. I'm we haven't lose the Patreon though because, because you haven't disclosed. We haven't disclosed it. this on the podcast. Kevin, but. you got to say it like uh, like Al Michaels. Uh, I have a tonsil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's out. He's got a tonsil. He's got a tonsil. Um, <laughs> all right, so yep, that's our that's our picks, and uh, now we're on to movie club. Which this week we did something uh, Seahawks themed and we, a special request. And did anyone? It was like a special request. Someone told from us from one like, of our patreons. Hey, you have to watch one of these movies that stars Brian Bosworth, and we went okay. So we watched the OG Brian Bosworth movie. The one we that watched, started it at the all. The one that started it all. The one that launched the uh, one that a movie career unlike any other. <laughs> did anyone? Did anyone guess this? By the way, because we put it out there to make the connection. Yeah, there's we a hint. I'm hoping someone got it. We were we watched Stone Cold. Uh, not not Steve Austin, but uh, the uh, the this is a preceding Steve Austin. 1990 Steve uh, the 1990 Brian Bosworth vehicle. So yeah, uh, let me just go over the basic Actually, I take plot that of this back. movie. He wasn't the vehicle in this movie because if he was a vehicle in this movie, he'd have blown up. Yeah, and he would have been a motorcycle. <laughs> uh, so so the the, <coughs> the basic uh, plot of this movie is that uh, <laughs> it's a very basic plot. plot. The basic plot of this movie is that Brian Bosworth plays a cop that is uh, on the edge. Uh, he's always getting causing trouble, and, and he's uh, uh, he's things. suspended. Also, he set the record for most biker related arrests in. Alabama is Mississippi. Mississippi, I think. Yeah, I was gonna, he's, from, he's from some state. He's something of a specialist. He's from some state that I don't care about. Then, uh, then, <laughs> then, uh, sorry. Oh man, we lost no listeners. Yeah, I was gonna say sorry if you're from one of the these the states that uh, that he's from in this movie because uh, I can't even remember which one it is. But anyway, he goes to the other one that's not They're Mississippi or Alabama, state. or does he go to Oklahoma? Florida? I think. I thought he went to Florida or something. I don't know. Anyway, he goes to some other state where there's like a biker gang. And he's, his job is to infiltrate it. They now, this black- biker gang, by the way, this biker gang is is brazen in their attacks. They're trying to hook up with the mob, and they're Nazis. Yeah, and if you if you yes, clearly Nazis. If you put <laughs> them in jail, they kill the judge. They don't care. Wait, wait. Let this me tell the, you how evil they this are. This is the second movie we've watched where main character villains in movies have swastikas all over them. Yeah. The first being Master of the Flying Guillotine. Uh, which That's is right. better. Yeah, Kevin, um, this is So, this is great. just to give you an idea, this is uh, the rolled doll of villains in, you know, because if you if you ever watch, well, like, James and the Giant Peach rolled doll books, evil's really, like, stupidly evil and good's, like, crazy good. 
Uh, so, I just like how how like hand ringy the other characters are about how evil this guy's being. They're yeah. like, "Oh, you you gone too far, boss." So the per- <laughs> not the boss that's gone too far, chains, but a different guy who I don't even know if they gave a name. I uh, guy who gets imprisoned gets at imprisoned the at the beginning of the movie. He's going to go down for murder because it shows him the priest weds a couple. And uh, or he's baptizes. baptizing. He's baptizing a baby. I'm going to say that he's baptizing a baby while doing the marriage. Okay, because that's kind of what it looks like. And then uh, it is stone as cold. He, as he goes to hand the baby off, the biker pops up between the couple because I guess no one noticed him. It was like a surprise biker, and proceeds to shoot him with a shotgun, where he goes flying back through the uh, uh, stained glass stained window. Glass window. That is a. Uh, that's how they go ahead and establish from the beginning that uh, this is this is the evil biker game. To answer the your your little quandary there, Kevin, uh, I'm I'm pretty sure the biker just hid behind the groom now, the entire time. The thing is, this is the second scene in the movie. The first scene in the movie is, is way amazing. better. So, so fake Razor Ramon from no. 1990s. <laughs> not, not even that fake Razor Ramon. The the movie starts off. We're in like some kind of 90s black and white security camera in a grocery store, and a guy just pops up and like has a crazy face on him just shoots it with a shotgun and, and then, the guy is fake razor ramon so, and then these guys are these three guys who look like knockoff heartbreak kid fake razor ramon and then like uh there's random guy we there's don't a black guy i would say random black guy yeah <laughs> and then the token, token billy, guy. billy d williams he's like one of the only pe- people of color in the entire movie it's, this movie is so white uh yes and then so anyway they they uh they are in a grocery store. I don't even it understand. Is what a supermarket? Doing. The yeah. guy's literally robbing like an Albertsons. Yeah, it's like the worst. But, it's the worst plan. And robbery no team. robbery is taking place. Let's like, call it a Piggly Wiggly. They're terrorizing stuff. a Piggly Wiggly. So anyway, Brian Bosworth is just goes into the grocery store and just continues shopping while these gunshots are going off and stuff. Because of course, you know, he doesn't care. And then there, there's so then he grabs a cookie from like a a cookie like you know like how they have the fresh baked cookies at this grocery store. You can and he eats it. And then some guy comes around a corner with a gun and he goes, I'll pay for it, I swear. <laughs> Which apparently distracted this individual just long enough. Yeah. As just, he proceeds to hit them with the bakery shelf door. Yeah. And then, and then uh, from there, and then he just liberate beats up everyone shotgun. In the- from there, he has like this masterful Kevin McAllister esque from Home Alone. Oh yeah, there's <laughs> the guy was running down the. He, there's a guy running down the aisle towards him, and he's just sitting on top of like a pile of. Yeah, he's something. just he's just chilling out because he's already coated the floor in vegetable oil, <laughs> and the guy hits it and runs into the cans. He he throws a can, you know, gets a guy to to waste a shell. He, Kevin McAllister from Home Alone really has his Would work have been cut proud. out for him. Yeah, I mean this is Bosworth at his finest. Yeah. Uh, from from there it goes. You know, uh, <laughs> Kevin's favorite scene in the movie, uh, Nathan's favorite scene in the movie, my favorite scene in the movie, the smoothie. <laughs> oh yeah, so they, yeah. They cut the, the next morning. So, he wakes so, yeah, up after they show that this priest uh, murder thing. Wait, 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 wait. If you are the owner of a large, wait, no, lizard, no, no, don't say it yet. Because we don't, I don't want to spoil. Yeah, they just show we him have make, a treat for you. They just show him making a smoothie, and it's like, it's like he puts like two Snickers, the shell, two eggs with the shell, two Snickers bars, a, a whole banana. No, 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 most of a banana because he pinches off some inside of the banana skin for some reason. And then and I don't know, there's just like a bunch of random stuff. And there's then you're protein like, protein shake. Like, you're like, man, is he gonna eat this? And then he pours it out into like a dish for his pet. And I'm like, oh, this is gross. Like, what pet would eat this? None other than. A kimono dragon. Which kimono dragon, man? That's like a that's a really gross pet. Like 
They're 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 filthy. Yeah, they're uh they're poisonous. they're poisonous and they're they're basically dinosaurs. I really don't think that was a Komodo dragon. I it's supposed to be. It looked like it's one. Supposed to be, but it's a small Komodo but dragon. But you couldn't have a Komodo dragon on. I feel you like they were just like, like they were like, you wash your hands real good after every time poisonous. you touch this. Wash I, your hands real good. I don't know, Kevin. I like, feel like, like if you're like, oh yeah, he's got a pet tiger. You know, no, no. There's a, then there's like a gratuitous <laughs> like we're gonna show off Brian Bosworth's body scene. Uh, yeah, that was he's just wearing bikini briefs. It's really weird because. And, he, what's weird is the girl in the in the scene. They like try really hard not to show her naked at all, and then in the very next scene, they they go to a strip club where like your your camera is like literally in someone's uncomfortably yes. close. Yeah, it's the it's like a, if you've ever seen Inner Space, it's like <laughs> it's like they're filming that in reverse. Yes, it's it is a movie that uh, as Kevin likes to say, it knows what it is, and it's, yeah, what it is is kind of gross. It's a it's a weird action movie with a lot of explosions. There there are scenes in the movie where a couple guys like they'll fall down the steps of somewhere, and when they land, you just expect them to blow up because everything else is blown up randomly. Yeah, yeah. like every time something gets shot, and it's could even there's even a point zero one percent chance it would blow up. It does blow up. Yes, in this movie. Yeah. Big time. The best part about watching this movie with these guys, because neither one of you had seen this before, right? No. I Not in a long time. Yeah. This, this was the me. second Craig R. Baxley directed film I had seen. Oh, what's the first? Action Jackson. What? <laughs> no wonder I love this movie so much. I almost did Action Jackson last week. Damn it. I wish I would have. Uh, my favorite scene about watching, my favorite thing about watching this movie with these guys is towards the end, and I really don't want to spoil this for you, but there's a scene with a helicopter. And it's, it's, you know, brings Bosworth into the situation. It's taken over by one of the biker guys, uh, played by Max Dad from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And you can actually <laughs> pretend it's the same character if you want to. And this. No, what you're about to say next oh, clearly yeah, prevents that. True. But Kevin goes, what happened to that helicopter? And this is like one of the only scenes from the movie I remembered. And I just said, wait for it. And within 10 seconds, a motorcycle goes through a window of the courthouse. Oh, well, we skipped way to the end of the movie. Yeah. Yes, well, hey man, you know what's going to the Supreme well, we're Court. Back. Well, we're back. And and it and it hits the helicopter both blowing up and it was probably the most enjoyable part of the movie. Yeah, that's the thing to know like um there's a scene where a mobster is drive it does a drive by with a hand grenade <laughs> which is which is I forgot about great. that, but it's okay because the person who gets maimed, uh, he gets married to some very unfortunate girl who gets shoved off on him. Yeah, so, you know that's all right. Uh, but they all but the bikers visit him in the hospital because they're family, and they bring pineapple pizza. Oh yeah, and they also <laughs> God, they also that, that's for you. Brad. They also force someone to marry him. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, yeah, that that's real awkward. It was really awkward. Um. And also, it was the source of a really good two-faced joke by uh, by Eric in the middle of that. that was, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm here for. Any anytime I can uh, shoehorn Batman into anything, I'll do it. Actually, I thought Nathan had a great commentary on the budget of this movie. It's tw- they spent twenty five. Mi- I looked it up. They spent twenty five million dollars on this, and they spent twenty five million dollars on explosions. No. So wait, two million so, on Bosworth. So Nate said two million on Bosworth, one million on the rest of the actors, twenty two million on explosions. That's about right, really. Richard I mean, Gant was in this movie. He was the he was the guy from the FBI. Who was like Bosworth. You're gonna do this, or you're gonna. Oh go yeah, down. The you're a cop the on the edge. He's the he's the second African American in the movie, and he shows up twice. 
Yeah, he was going to say he wasn't in the movie very much. I'm like looking at the cast list right now. Just so you're like, telling me the, the director of Action Jackson. I cannot wait so, to watch these in a marathon. Just Maybe it's the same universe. Uh, just so you know. Please. So, ladies and gentlemen, I think we've officially ranked it as a five on a one to ten scale. Because it's not terrible, but the sound mixing is horrible. Oh my gosh, the sound mixing in this movie. I, okay, I don't, don't try to go too deep on stuff like this, but like, the sound effects were so loud, and the voices were so quiet, and the music was like, it was like, what, who, what did you do when you mixed this movie to make it so that everything just sounds kind of inaudible and fuzzy? You could not hear what characters were saying for a large portion of the movie. Perfect that you said it's a five, because yeah, everything was super loud, except the voices so you have to strain to hear them sometimes yet it's really not worth listening to them so yeah five uh, i would say it was a judge reinhold away from a six because there was a sidekick character that sh- well oh, most that definitely sam, that sam mcmurray character yes most definitely they tried to cast judge reinhold and he's like no i'm gonna do a i'm gonna man. do another beverly hills cop sam and- mcmurray is in a lot of stuff I looked it up. He, he is, but oh, I'm telling you, he was, Reinhold was the perfect cast. He was Roy in the Dinosaurs, man. Okay, <laughs> speaking of him, though, at the end of the movie, when he finally appears with his one earring, because every character that's cool in this movie, I put that in air that's quotes because they're exactly not really cool, one. is wearing one earring. Either like one weird snake earring or one weird cross earring. What about or one the guy who the fact crystal. that he has one earring is a plot device? Yeah, oh yeah. Yes. He's going to be wearing one earring and it looks like this. Get me his ear. But the, the, the which, crystal- which Nathan said like, how the hell are you gonna supposed to find who that guy is? Everyone's wearing that damn earring <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Boz is wearing like a crystal earring through a significant portion of the it movie. It looks like it may have some Native American metal feathers on it. Yeah, it's sure. Like, it's like just so stupid. Uh, it's actually his uh, class ring from the University of Oklahoma that he had turned into a single <laughs> earring. Uh, yeah, uh, he has the the stupid action movie star with the name that's just ridiculous, the John Stone, but his real name is Joe Huff, which is yeah. not a good name either. Because there's two names for the main character. I Twist. also like... I also like how it became a plot feature that apparently the FBI can't make up an identity for someone without cross-referencing their driver's That's license nice. to their actual identity. Right, because because uh, some highway patrol woman who's a who's a who's a sister, she found out about Joe Huff. Who's Joe Huff? He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. There's like a there's like a a, a female co-lead in this movie that. Uh, is like the uh, she's, she's she's like with she's like with uh, that is the only leg- that is the only legitimate plot twist in the entire movie by the way and then he tries to like turn her but he and doesn't really he happens. does not really succeed I feel no. like I feel like there's a there's a point in the movie where he's like I got a witness she's gonna be she's gonna be solid I'm gonna turn her and then I don't feel like she ever did turn and then we oh yeah we do see her again one more time that's right yeah I forget what happened so I, I gonna, know we're I'm not gonna, gonna say because it's a it's, it's, it's a, a huge spoiler a plot twist no just go ahead and say it no one's watching this movie no yeah, everyone should watch no this movie. it's four dollars on it to watch it no one's watching this movie she gets shot in the face to break Bosworth's heart yeah and you know what he does he goes. Right. He gets angry for five seconds. And yeah, then five seconds. And then he stops caring like the audience. And then he's yeah. like, <laughs> so what's going to happen now? I, I We got to say, though, Brian Bosworth, uh, my best friend, because I met him a couple years ago at a sushi bar in the International District. All right. Uh, best friends, don't argue. Uh, really not the worst part of this movie. Friends forever. No. Uh, the worst part of the movie is William Forsythe. Whatever he was doing in that Ice character Unity, was horrible. Loyalty, There's a scene where they... they uh, friends so forever. Ice... Ice follows uh, Boz because he doesn't trust him. He thinks he's a cop. I don't, I don't like this guy. By the way, not uh, trust him. 
Ice is the character where you could tell that the people who made this movie clearly confused, ugly, and kind of doofy looking with intimidation. <laughs> right. He's not, he's not intimidating. There's nothing intimidating about <laughs> this guy. He's like pudgy and ugly. Uh, but he so, looks like guy number four drinking anyway, at a bar. William Forsyth isn't somewhat notable actor. He's like one of those guys that you've just seen in a million things, but you don't like, no, can't place it because he has like 110 acting credits on IMDb. But, uh, anyway, there's a part of the movie where he follows him and then he tries to shoot, he tries to shoot him and, uh, the guy who should have been Judge Reinhold. Uh, he tries to shoot Bosworth and them, and then they get in like a really bad car chase, and Boz kills him, you know, in a big explosion. Boz doesn't kill him. He runs into a station wagon and his motorcycle, and the car explodes. He forced him yes. into that. Boz killed him, and then. But I just wanted to bring up the fact that he, he didn't did a murder station him. wagon, and they both exploded. Yes, they both exploded. Okay, for no anyway, reason. Everything so then, has then they cut. Bumpers. The next scene, they like cut to the bikers who have taken him and his motorcycle <laughs> and put it on, like, a weird funeral pyre. They've propped him up a in a biker pose. Funeral it's like pyre. a Viking funeral thing, and then they, they, like, stick a cigar in his mouth, and then they're like, woo, and they, like, pour gas all over him and then blow him up. I was like, this is so weird. Yes. Well, hey, uh, if you didn't know, those guys are dangerous. Oh, my gosh. They try to establish how dangerous they are by showing them, like, shooting guns shooting cans off each other's heads and stuff and like that. That's the guns. first time you meet him. Uh, and one guy yeah. does it with an Uzi, which is the yes. dumbest thing. Yeah. Ice, Ice Forsyth does, does it with an Uzi. I wish it would have been with a shotgun. That would have been the only thing dumber. And, they, and the guy so laughs like, ha, 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 you almost killed me. Yeah, this is fun. And there's like one of the bikers who like really likes the boss and you're supposed to be like rooting for him. Gut. But he doesn't. Gut. But Gut has like hardly any... Uh, they he's set up gut. Very Excuse much. me. They actually call him No Guts Gut after he turns. Well, that's the thing. He is. Which, who saw that coming? He's in this movie for I'd say a good portion, and then he disappears out of nowhere. And he just doesn't do very much in the movie. And then at the end, they're like they like try to set up this emotional death scene for him, and it's like I don't care about. Yeah, where's Gut, gut been? He's basically as important as the guy in Mallrats who says, "You tell him, Steve, Dave." Yeah. He's, he's that guy. That is, he's the you tell him Steve Dave of this movie. He get, but he gets Boz into the into, into the, the gang. Yeah, oh man, I'll him. tell you what, you're badass. You should come come on into my join gang. The, join the brotherhood. Join the brotherhood, bro, brother. Yeah, it's it's uh, I, I, I wouldn't mind far, a gut man, solo. Cross the line, man. Anyway, so yeah, um, are we ready for like weird facts about this movie? Because I feel like we've covered most everything. Well, yeah. Can we talk about Except Lance Henriksen? Lance just, Henderson? Okay, go just, ahead. He just, was the only other good actor. He's, in he's this like movie. the biggest name in this movie. You and may remember him as Bishop of. from Aliens. Uh, he's, he's been in a lot of things too. That's all I had to say. He's, he's old. He's old. He's probably the best actor in the movie. And he was, he in, was, he was in, uh, The Quick and the Dead. And with Pumpkinhead. At the end of the movie, they, he like, uh, he has like this really gross hair the whole movie. And then the movie, he like shaves his head and dresses up in a priest costume to like sneak into, uh, Sneak into like a, um, a Supreme Court hearing. Supreme Plot Court twist. hearing twist uh, to kill to kill Whip Whipperson, um, Senator Senator Whip Whipperson. Oh, that's it. It's like it's like Tom Whippington. Whip Whipperson. It's yeah, Whip it's Whipperson. Tom Whipperson. His nickname is Whip Whip, and his, but his last name is Whipperson. Yeah. I thought it was like Whippington. No, I thought Whipperson. it was dumber than that. Are you sure? Yeah. Did you I just look at it? I looked it up. Yeah. Okay, it's still dumb. I thought don't it was worry. Even dumber than that. I thought it was like Whippington. No, so like Poppleton. Um, yeah, so then he sneaks in and he just has an Uzi in his lap, and no one reacts to it. It's because he's a priest. It's black. It blends uh, in. And then at this point, they're gonna like throw Boz out of the helicopter strapped to a bomb, but he like breaks the hydraulics and somehow 
still they can control the helicopter enough so that he can get out. It's so dumb. Yeah, he dismantles the hydraulics of the helicopter, which apparently the helicopter just doesn't need. Yeah, just just because it in no way impacts the ability of the helicopter to do. And that helicopter does get blown up eventually, as Eric said. Yes, Uh, because every every vehicle you see in this movie is going to get blown up at some point. Yeah, if they need to borrow your car for Stone Cold Two, don't do it. Um, Okay, so interesting facts about this movie. Here we go. You guys ready? Let's do Uh, it. Let's start with this. The original cut of the movie was rated NC-17 because of the violence. It was cut down. Oh, I think it was because of the buttholes. <laughs> it was cut down to be rated R. Uh, and they, the original cut has never been released, and no one has ever said anything about what was cut. <laughs> I, this sounds like a letter that needs to be written. Yeah, I was going to say this. It would be nice. This information comes from... Uh, so they screened this movie at, at Alamo Draft House special screening with a <laughs> Q&A with Brian Bosworth afterwards. So this information comes from that Q&A uh, in 2014. Uh, the, Whoa, 2014? The, uh, the, the second thing. Um, the original director of the movie was supposed to be Bruce Malmuth, who's like the announcer in The Karate Kid and Karate Kid Part 2. And uh, he directed a couple other things, uh, Nighthawks, Hard to Kill. Uh, hard to Kill, but they, Hard to Kill, that's on my list. But he was fired because Bosworth said he had some personal issues that he couldn't control, which poured out on the set. So what, he so, went his to a rival college? Caused, wait, listen to this. His firing caused all the original backstory for Bosworth's character to be removed and then changed when Craig R. Baxley came in to direct. So they had four weeks of filming they spent on Bosworth's character with his family. He, he had a he had a wife, Whoa. a child, and a sister. That would have changed. They a lot. completely removed that completely. That's four million dollars. Wait, then it would have just on, been the Charlie Sheen movie where he goes as an undercover biker. Four million dollars they had spent on that. So you're saying this they was completely wasted. Only eighteen million on explosives. Then that probably took straight from the explosives. It's weird, right? I'm, it's I'm devastated. Super weird, though. I wonder. I wonder what the like OG like <laughs> NC seventeen cut of this movie with the with the family, wife, child, and sister. The is children like. blew up. <laughs> like I said, I would recommend this movie if you could find it for free. Like if you can, if it was on Amazon Instant Video or Netflix, I would say watch it for sure. If you want to f- uh, happen upon a, a copy of it on your favorite torrent service, uh, I would recommend it. It's worth it's worth a watch. It's not horrible. It is entertaining. Yeah, I I would watch it with another person so you can riff on it while yes. you watch it because it makes it like a hundred times better. And I did not ask Brian Bosworth about this when I met him. I regret it every day, especially now that I've rewatched it. I figured that we wouldn't be best friends had I done that though. Uh, this basically started and ended his acting career. Yeah, he, he didn't. Did not he did get not like get another acting role. gig for five years. Well, remember uh, this was when he started One Tough Bastard as Sergeant George North. <laughs> He left. He left the NFL like to Guile. pursue acting, and this this just didn't do it. No one cares about this. Hey, movie. do you know who? Do you know who starred and co-starred with him in that movie? The Kurt Wimmer directed One Man's Justice, aka One One Tough Bastard. No M- idea. MC Hammer. Oh, how come we didn't review this? And I'm so mad. That's what we should have watched for sure. Think about think about Kurt Wimmer is like next he has, week. He has good writing credits. Like it's not even. He his career is like actually pretty decent. So yep that that uh, wraps up Stone Cold. Yeah, there's exceptions to every rule. Still waiting on a sequel. Maybe, maybe one of these days. Please Stone no. Colder. Yes, thank you, Kevin. Cold Stoner. I think that would be a better movie. It's that a movie about a guy who's Zach Galifianakis who's really high and uh, wait, that's American Ultra. <laughs> it could have been. Yeah, they didn't do that, but that could have been. They it. missed a chance. All right. Well, that's uh, that's us for the Seahawks Nest for Kevin Garber and Eric Ronnebeck. I'm Nathan Santo. Uh, Stay frosty. Jam them like buttons. Yeah, jam that like button. Just slant, pound it with your fists. Even if it's not for us, just jam any like buttons you see.
Peace out. <laughs>